Hallelujah. Today, chapter 8 is talking about the day of judgment, the day of reckoning. When we look at the prophetic books, you would feel also that God is not striking Israel out of joy or out of jubilee. He is in pain as well. He is in pain. So he's warning Israel, I'm going to strike you, I'm going to strike you if you do not return to me. So the corruption of Israel is in the hands of the Lord as well. The, the event of the cross is God taking responsibility for our sins. He is striking down himself, which is the event of the cross. But, God, uh, but Israel does not realize how much God loves him. What does it mean that for a church to not love the Lord, it is a curse? It's that rather than thinking about the pain and suffering that may come from that curse, when you lose, lose the love of the Lord, that, is, that in and itself is the curse. The inability to receive blessings from the Lord and receive His love, it in itself is a curse. It's a, it's a suffering. I don't know if this analogy is correct. But when I, I go around the world, I eat a lot of good meat. Uh, meat in, in Latin America is very good. It's a little tough, but also it's quite uh, soft as well. And very, very good. Seafood is good in Malaysia. But I don't really enjoy your meat here. And there's a lot of good meat in Korea. But there's once I went to a conference in, in, in New Jersey. There's a person there was a butcher there. And the most expensive, one of the most expensive meats in Korea is the, the cattle is raised in Texas and it is butchered in Chicago. And that person brought the best, the most high quality meat from that butcher. Never once did I have a meat so delicious. After I had eaten that meat, every other meat that I eat cannot really be regarded as meat anymore. What am I saying? Once you get a taste of the grace of God, you can no longer be joyful whilst receiving things from the world because it is nothing compared to God. So it is a curse that, that you are unable to receive His love and His grace. And people like me may also stumble. Sometimes I, I am met with a slump. Sometimes the world will come into me. But that time is not prolonged because I have a taste of, uh, of grace. And so I do not enjoy these things for a long period of time because I know they, they mean nothing. Quickly, I return back to the relationship of grace. This is what I mean when I say fullness of the Holy Spirit becomes simpler and easier. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are free. 
And so I cannot stand being outside of the fullness of the Holy Spirit for a long period of time. Because I have gotten that taste of true freedom when it come, uh, that comes with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So when should you have experienced this? You should have experienced this on the day of your salvation. Because I experienced it on the day that I was saved 34 years ago. I was completely turned upside down uh, with the Lord's presence. From that day on, it was easy for me to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And if I lose that state, I would become very tormented. So, so if I lost my fullness of the Holy Spirit, then I would fast. And I would stay up all night and, and pray before the Lord until I can gain the fullness of the Spirit again. And of course, uh, the reason why the Lord made me do this is because I was in a time of training for 13 years. But even right now, if I lose that fullness, I would, it, it becomes very uncomfortable because I have gotten the, a taste of what that relationship is. And Paul made the, made the same confession. He said what he has caught, he will go and find again. If he lost sight of it, he will go and find it again. So whenever he loses his fullness of the Holy Spirit, he will go and seek it out again. And he will go and seek out that grace again. And yesterday we talked about Moses. Moses received the glory of God, but he went and sought more glory from God. Because he, he wanted to maintain that fullness. And through that fullness, he experiences a new glory. He sees a new glory. So spiritual people have this similar pattern within them. And that's why you can live with the, with the Lord in glory for 30 years, for 40 years. This is the 35th year that I have been living with the Lord. God has been leading me in that pattern. And right now, as I desire for glory, God shows me new glory. And I'm not simply being filled with the, the Holy Spirit, but Ephesians 3.19 says, His fullness becomes filled in me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, It says, when I'm within the Lord, His divinity becomes my fullness. His, it's called somatico. Before, I did not know what this meant, but now I understand what it means. That the fullness of the Lord is within Jesus. And basically, this is all wrapped up in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So when you're filled with the presence of God, that is the fullness of the Holy Spirit, of course. You're being filled with the fullness of God. There's a difference. I preached about this uh, last Sunday in Saba. I don't have time to go into that. I'm going to talk about this, this again in Singapore uh, this week. If you desire to listen to this message, come to Singapore. 
anyways, I'm being filled with the fullness of God. And like I said yesterday, let's say this pot of water was filled halfway with sand and half with water. Can you call that being filled? No, the, the, the sand has to, be, it has to be completely emptied for it to be completely filled with water. That is the fullness that I'm talking about. Being completely filled with, by the presence of God. And people who have gotten a taste of that will try very hard to maintain that state. That's why for 20 years I've been, I've been telling the people to empty yourselves. And this is not a matter of effort. When you receive the fullness of the Father, you will not be able to neglect the filthy things that, have, that are built up within you anymore. When the glory of, light of the glory comes into you, you will not be able to neglect the darkness that you see. When that glory comes into you, that, that, uh, that darkness will surface. So this is a great grace of God. There's nothing that you can do when God does not do it for you. But the issue is you have to use your free will to open up yourself for the Lord to come into you. If you accept the Lord, then He will do it all for you. But when in many aspects of your spirituality, you realize you utilize legalism. You try very hard. You put a lot of effort in trying to achieve these things by yourself. But that's not how you should live with God. You need to open up your, you need to expose yourself to God and He will come into you. So that's why soteriology in the, in the perspective of 1 John is very important. You have to receive the God that is coming towards you. All you have to do is open up yourself and receive Him. If you open up yourself, God will be able to enter you. This is how we should be living with God. This is not, this is not achievable through your, through your effort, through your strength. It is not the ways of grace. So you need to uh, remove these, the strength of legalism. And you will start to experience. You will start to experience and realize what I have been speaking of all this time. People who are close to me will see. I do not try to actively do something. I do not put effort or strength into, into a task. Before, my wife would look at me very strangely because of this. But now she realizes that she has become uh, like that as well. She finally starts to realize what this means. And, and that's why she, God is using her as a main speaker for conferences. And I'm going to start to send her off all, all around the world. And this is, not belong, this, is, this is not a unique characteristic given to a special group of people. But all this will happen to you once you let Jesus be the head of your church. God wants everybody to be filled with this spirit. God wants everybody to live in this relationship of grace. So it is up to, for you to decide whether or not to receive it. Sometimes it may seem difficult because you're unable to transcend your, your confinement. But once you step over that boundary, you realize how simple it was. No matter how much you talk about tomorrow to a day fly, if you don't know, if you do not resolve that being itself, 
he will never understand what it means to live another day. But when you, when you, you, you receive this faith regarding your being, then you will realize, oh, this is the taste of grace. Oh, this is the taste of the fullness of the Lord. And then it will be easier for you to maintain that fullness. And you can lose it. And you can stumble and be broken. You may, you may fall down. But do not prolong that period. You need to quickly go back into the grace of God. You need to go back into the, the presence of the Lord. So get a taste of it. That's why the Bible says you have, you have, you have known and tasted the Lord. Get, you have to get a taste of the Lord's grace. When this happens, you would, you would, you would forget about the taste of meat in the past. You'll say, oh, this kind of meat existed? As soon as it touches your tongue, you're filled with, with fragrance, with, with a taste that you've never experienced before. And I've eaten uh, lobster and sawa before. And the taste of lobster here is completely different from the taste in Korea. No, it's a little sweet, a little, a little, um, what is it? Uh, it feels more organic and the texture is better. So now I won't be, I won't be eating lobster in Korea anymore. If I want some lobster, then I will be reminded of Pastor Raymond. Why did he let me taste this lobster? It torments me. In order to, to, to feed me lobster, Pastor Raymond uh, purchased lobster from his hometown. And just thinking about that brings tears to my eyes. To, to my eyes. But before the tear dropped, I, 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 <laughs> I started to eat the lobster. <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> Let's dive into the message. So with pain, God is saying, come back, come back, come back before I strike you. But Israel lost the taste of love. And that's why they cannot return anymore. And God is speaking of the reasons why they have to receive this judgment. And I have said yesterday, when we look at the corruption of Israel, you cannot say, I will never be corrupted like them. And of course, it may be true. But if you live by flesh, by the flesh, you have, to, you have to know that you can become like Israel. As the Lord becomes your master, He's going to make, He's going to lead your life. Corruption is also not up for you to decide. When you choose yourself, the enemy will make you become corrupted. In the matter of sin, you need, to also, you need to be constantly in fear and also be uh, cautious. Even David was afraid that he would sin. Do not be arrogant into thinking that you, you can keep yourself away from sin. Only when you're within the relationship with the Lord can you, can you maintain that state of righteousness. You by yourself won't be able to uh, keep yourself away from sin. You need to constantly stand before the cross of Jesus. 
need to stand before his never-ending love. Only then will you be able to maintain holiness. Amen? And as you live with the Lord, you will come to realize that faith life is very passive because it is constantly through the grace of the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, through the Lord, your life will be made glorious. Because people, mankind are made to be reliant. So if you have met the Lord correctly, then your, your dignity will be, will be raised higher and higher. But simultaneously, you have to continue to rely on the Lord. Because if you do not rely on God, you will lose all meaning in life. You cannot exist anymore. Because that's how God created us. That's how He designed us. As Raymond, I was talking about the lobster you fed me before. Thank you once again. He put a curse on me. I cannot eat any other lobster anymore. Let's move on. I'll constantly be blaming Pastor Raymond in Korea. Why didn't he feed me this, this uh, fancy lobster? Now let's look at the reasons for the judgment of Israel from verse 1 to 6. After, up to verse 6, it's going to talk about uh, wine, presses, wine presses and, and food. And this is referring to, to the harvest of Israel and how their harvest has become, uh, has, have become religious. Verse 1, Do not rejoice, Israel. Do not be jubilant like the other nations. Being jubilant itself is not a sin before the Lord. But this is a secular jubilee. When I go to Latin America, they are very enthusiastic in worship. People, you will never see a happier group of people. But I always say to them, do not be, do not be joyful for yourselves. You need to be joyful in the presence of God. In one word, I'm, not, I'm saying, do not relieve your stress in, during praise and worship. You should all, only be happy and be joyful with, within the presence of God. Look at David. He was so happy in the Lord that he would, he would dance before, before his people being basically naked. Even though he was the king. But he, he didn't care because he was happy and jubilant before his God. If it's that type of joy, then it's, it is... There's no problem in, in expressing your joy. But now the Israelites are being jubilant whilst following the rituals of, of these foreign nations. And that's why they are being the target of the Lord's anger. They're receiving the, the ways of the, uh, the, the standards of Babylon. And in Latin America, I see a lot of these things happening. People are enjoying themselves very secularly and not in the, not in the Lord. The choice to relieve their stress that they have built up in their difficult lives by, by dancing. 
during uh, during praise and worship. So no matter what church it may be, it's very important for them to maintain this jubilee in the Lord. But without the presence of God, well, and also if they're maintaining the ways of the world, you cannot receive happiness from that. It's very dangerous. Because that is not God's spirit moving, but other spirits may be moving amongst you. So the church has always, always needs to confirm of the presence of God during their worship. And in, in order for that to happen, you need to have confirmation of your righteousness. And it is a good thing that you can dance and with joy before the Lord if, you're, if you have confirmed of your righteousness. But that's not what Israel was doing. They are being jubilant like the other nations. And they are engaging in, sex, uh, in sexual sin. Like, and they are also being drunk like these foreign nations. So when the, when the church loses, loses God's jubilee, then they will seek out the pleasures of the world. And because this, the new wine is, start, is drying in the church, that's why they have to seek out another source of pleasure. People who have the joy of the Lord do not seek the joy of the world. Like I said before, you will not listen and be, and be joyful whilst listening to these K-pop songs. You will not be happy watching K-dramas. The reason why you indulge in these things is because you have lost the joy of the Lord, especially young adults you need to listen. This is why I say repeatedly when I go to Latin America, do not listen to K-pop. Do not watch K-dramas. It is very dangerous. It is poisonous. And it is the same for you. So even their offerings have become polluted and become like becoming uh, become secular. So a church that is influenced by Babylon, they will offer up fancy and luxurious worships in a very secular way. But there's no there's no inspiration of encountering the Lord. There is no spirit of God moving amongst them. And there's no victory as well. And the more you offer those worships, the emptier you would feel. If you continue to expose yourself to this presentless worship, then you would, you would receive a lot of spiritual influences from that worship without you knowing it. And of course, uh, the, pastor, the pastor is very important when it comes to worship. But the saints are also very important, a very important part of worship. So it is very bad if you're not encountering the Lord and living a holy life throughout your week before coming to worship. During your week, you need to prepare yourself to, to come to church on Sunday. Let's say you have 50 people coming to your church on Sunday. There, out of the 50 people, some people are beneficial to the glory of the worship, of, of worship. But some people will become, will have a negative influence upon worship. And the level of holiness that is made up by those 50 people will decide the amount of glory that comes upon that worship. 
And if if the percentage of people that are unholy come to uh, is greater than the people of is greater than the percentage of holy people come to worship, then your, your worship is going to start to die. Your worship is going to bring pollution, corruption to the church. And your worship is going to become more difficult. And that's why all the saints of the church need to prepare themselves to be holy when they come to, when they come to worship. In Romans it says, It says, Offer your, your bodies as a living sacrifice before the Lord. You need to completely kill your soma, your body, before the Lord. Then your life will be your life will be led by worship. And each and every day you'll be living within the fellowship of, with the Lord. You need to completely kill your your flesh, yourself, and offer it as a living sacrifice to God. When you do so, your church will be led into a new glory and a new glory. When that sort of worship is being offered, God will not limit His blessings for you guys. Let's continue. The reason why they're doing this is because they have left their God. Like I said this morning, all this is happening because they, are, they have separated themselves from God. So in all situations, we cannot be separated from God. In John, it says, when, the, when, uh, when a branch leaves the tree, it can do nothing. What the branch needs to do is stay, stay stuck to the tree so that it can bear fruit. In the Bible, it says, I abide in him and he abides in me. When we're filled with the Spirit of the Lord, because we're within His presence, that means we're sticking to the tree. When you lose this relationship, the branch falls away from the tree, and it is unable to bear fruit. So that's why we have to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit and be under His dominion. And then we'll be constantly sticking to the Lord, and we'll be able to receive the nutrients from the tree, tree trunk and be able to bear fruit with those nutrients. It is because they have lost this, they are offering a polluted worship to God and they love the wages of a prostitute at every threshing floor. They're partaking in the, the fertility rite that is offered by these four nations and being very uh, pleased with it. And even though Israel should be keeping the, the, the rituals of God, but, and they should be uh, um, celebrating the, the Feast of the Tabernacle, but they have thrown all that away and followed after the, the rituals of the world. Likewise, um, the spirit of religion is very dangerous to the church. And the reason why you might not be aware that your church is becoming polluted and corrupted because the spirit of religion uh, deceives us into thinking that it is holiness. It closes itself in the clothes of, of righteousness, of holiness. So you would think, I, I still go to church. I do not indulge in the things of the world. 
And so I am holy, aren't I? When you put on this mask of fake holiness, you won't be able to repent. For example, normally when you're in a good relation with the Lord, your prayer should directly be linked with God. But even though your prayer is not reaching God, if you're more focused on the prayer as an action itself and, be, and are satisfied with it, it's satisfied with it, then that is the spirit of religion. You're mistaken into thinking that you're doing well. If you're more focused on the act of coming to church, the act of coming to worship itself, then, the, then you're indulging the spirit of religion and you're putting on the garments of religion. If your prayer is not reaching the Lord, then you have to repent. Because that means your old self has been empowered. If you cannot sense the Lord's presence in worship, then you need to repent. But you put meaning, more meaning into the act of coming to church. If you're filled with the spirit of religion, you cannot repent. Because you're living every moment through your own thoughts. But you're mistaken into thinking you're following the Lord because you're within the church still. And many young adults are still mistaken in this way. Even though they're living with their own thoughts, they, they think they're obedient. It's a great deception. They're living, having nothing to do with God. They're wearing the outer garments of religion. When you're wearing religion, you won't be able to repent. And your spirit continues to die. And you try to use the Lord to receive what you desire. And they cannot sense that the spirit is unable to breathe in that spiritual state. For example, you put a frog in cold water. But if you put that frog in cold water, it's going to jump out immediately. But if you put that frog in cold water and slowly start to, to cook that water, then that frog will never realize when it dies. That's how you make frog soup. Living frog soup. Likewise, slowly, this, this is killing you, and you don't know when you have died. This is the dangers of religion. It deceives you. It makes you think that you're, you're walking on the right path. That's why when your spirituality is based upon your actions, it is, it is, it is, it is on the path of destruction. In Galatians 1.17, it says, you cannot receive righteousness through your actions. What does this mean then? You cannot meet the Lord. You cannot receive His life. It's not... The, the word righteousness itself is not difficult. Righteousness is you being able to receive life from God. And if you're not receiving righteousness, it means you're dying, you're fading. So do not be mistaken into thinking that you can live whilst uh, indulging yourselves in, in religion. Do not think that you can survive without relying on the Holy Spirit. And young adults, listen carefully. The reason why 
the reason why you don't realize you're dying when you when you are living by your own thoughts is because you have not experienced the Holy Spirit. You have not experienced what it means to live by grace. You don't know the joy, the, the, the inspirations that come with receiving grace. You think you are living, that you are breathing because you go to church. When you, when you stand before the Lord in the end times, on that last day, you, you will realize how many people are being affected by religion. It's going to be more than you think. Just like, attending church does less than you think. It's just a chance for you to receive grace from God. No matter how much you're in glory, if you shut your doors, then you have nothing to do with that glory that is around you. No matter how much it falls upon you, if you shut the doors of your spirit against it, you won't receive a single sliver of it. That's why you need to use your free will to open up yourself to the Lord. But when religion comes into you, that it becomes impossible. People like me, it is the same. And it's the same for the saints. It is all the, everybody is affected in the same way. It's actually more dangerous for pastors because we're on the forefront of ministry. We're especially uh, a target to the spirit of religion. So people like me have to be especially keen to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And we have to maintain the state of fullness. And pastors need to be sensitive to your outer, uh, the change in your outer appearance. Even when you're, even if you have cord with your wife, if you have to stand to stand up to preach, you need to become humbled. And if you have to meet somebody from church, because pastors have to engage with the people of the church even though you have been fighting with your wife for, for, uh, for all, all morning when you meet your, the church people you have to act holy you need to act righteous and so pastors are one of the best actors in the world and a lot of pastors think too much of themselves and think and, and care too much about the opinion opinion of their church members and that's why the spirit of religion comes into them very easily <clears throat> So do not create anything, anything hypocritical and anything fake within you. If you're mad, then just express your anger. That is, that is actually safer than pretending you are not mad. If you don't like something, express that dislike. You know, if somebody comes to annoy you when you're irritated, just say, be gone. <laughs> Get away from me. This is how dangerous the spirit of religion is. Look at how, how Israel is dying. It is because of the spirit of religion. <clears throat> you need to know of the spiritual reality and be afraid of it. And be able to receive the heart of the Lord that, that, that is disappointed in these things. Verse 2. Threshing floors and wine presses will not feed the people. So threshing floors and wine presses represent the, the abundance, the prosperity of Israel. But that prosperity is actually not allowing the, uh, the people to live anymore. There's only when we're in, within the Lord can these riches become our benefit. 
but the spirits that have lost their connections with the Lord, these, uh, this, this, these riches will become their poison. Only when you have a good soil can you toil it for, for it to receive the seed. But when you try to toil a, a dry ground, it's going to do nothing. And the new wine will fail them. New wine represents joy and the Holy Spirit. But it will not be found within them anymore. Why are we dying? Why is God doing this to us? We need to be sensitive in these things. I'm not telling you to try to know everything, but when you're in a good relationship with God, people of the Spirit will be sensitive to, the, to, these, to these things. Why, am I, my, why is my prayer being, being confined? Why can't I feel the presence of God? Why am I not being able to utilize power in my ministry? People of the Lord are constantly sensitive to these things. And they, they, want, they must come to know why that is. And they're sensitive to the Lord and sensitive to His voice. Because if not, you will start to live with the flesh. And more and more, you'll be focused at the, at, at, the expo- uh, at the reaction of the people and their opinions. You live more for results. And it's a matter of time before your, your body becomes bound and your spirit starts to fade away. Verse 3, they will not remain in the Lord's land. The Lord, Lord's land is referring to Canaan. And Canaan is an is a, is a inheritance that God has given to Israel. But God is saying it is His land. And He gives us everything He has. But now God is saying this is mine and not yours. Basically saying you have nothing to do with me. Because God wants to give everything He has to us. In 2 Corinthians 8, it says God is very rich. But he has become poor in order, in, order to, in order to make us rich. This is the blessing that God has given us. He would, he would, go, he would make us poor in order to make us rich. But now he's saying, I'm going to take back what I gave you. And so if you're maintaining a good relationship with God, he will not uh, limit anything. And he will give you everything he has. And people who have to preach like me will understand. When the, when the saints pull on the grace of the Lord, you will pour all you have to them. A healthy child is able to suck on the breast of the mother with all their strength. And they will pull and absorb all the nutrients and all the nourishment within, within their mother. That's what my first son did to his mother. But Sarah, my second child was weaker as a child and she wasn't able to, to, to suck on, on the mother's breast as well. But that's what you need to do. You need to pull on pull on the, 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 the blessings that are coming from this message. This is the relationship that we have with God. And that is who God is. If you love the Lord and you express that love to Him then God is going to say have more, have more. But Israel couldn't do that, and so God is saying, that's it, that's it, I'm taking back what's mine. So their inheritance has been taken away. 
Ephraim will return to Egypt. This is the cancellation of salvation. So they should have settled their, their, their time of slavery and, and go into salvation, but it is being canceled. And eat unclean food in Assyria. So before they mocked and ridiculed uh, the, 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 the foreigners and the Gentiles for being, for being godless, but now they have to eat the same food uh, that the foreigners are eating. So with uh, Israel, without the Lord, they cannot survive. They cannot live. And that is the way of life for the children of God also. Do not try very hard to, to keep the things that you have. Don't, don't even put, in, put effort to keep the things within your spirit. No matter what the people say, it doesn't matter. As long as you're with the Lord, the children of God will be able to live. Because He guarantees you. Amen. Verse 4. They will, pour, they will not pour out wine offerings to the Lord. So pouring of the wine is a, is, a, is, a, is a part of the offering of Israel. If we are to finish chapter 10 tonight, we have to finish chapter 9 this morning. So, uh, they will not be able to pour out wine offerings. So, wine offerings are something that Israel needs to offer every day to the Lord. They do it once in the morning and once at, at, in the evening. So, they start the morning while encountering the Lord. And in the evening, they settle their day while uh, offering to the Lord again. So, they, their day starts with the Lord and ends with the Lord. What does it mean that the Lord is no longer willing to receive their offering? It means do as you wish. Start your day as you wish and end your day as you wish. And Israel cannot survive in this state. This is the biggest judgment that the Lord can, can, uh, can pour upon His people. He's saying do as you wish because you have nothing to do with me. And I don't care what you do, no matter how much you're tormented, no matter what pain and suffering come towards you, I, I do not care anymore. But God is not that God. God is the God of goodness. He will not neglect you whilst you, your, your, your goodness is broken. But if He says to Israel, I'm done with you, then it is over for them. And it is the worst judgment that you can receive as His subject. No matter what sin you commit, People love those who are able to respond sensitive, sensitively, sensitively to that to that to that sin. In Hebrews 12, it says that if he neglects you in a state of sin, then you are and you become an illegitimate child. You become an orphan, basically. So when you sin, you need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit that that tells you that you have sinned. Of course, the response of Jesus may be a little late because He's the God, He's the God of patience. When you sin, He doesn't imme immediately act, but the Holy Spirit is different. The Holy Spirit acts immediately and tells you that you have sinned. Immediately, He's angry. Immediately, He's sad. Immediately, He's a little irritated. So people love those who are able to respond to the reaction of the Holy Spirit. 
But if you're dull against to these to the voice of the Holy Spirit, then uh, then you're awaiting judgment. Nor will their sacrifices please Him. So right now, this is not the Elohim God, but the Yahweh God that is disappointed with them. Hosea is using the, uh, the name Yahweh purposefully because Yahweh is the God of relationship. And because they have lost that relationship, they can no longer be pleasing in the eyes of God. And I have said before that the most important part of your spirituality is your being. And being, the being, uh, knowing your being is the most important part of your relationship with the Lord. And you have to regard this relationship as precious. You need to be able to give your life for this relationship with God. In Psalms 116, It says the love of the Lord comes from His covenant. And so it is very important for you to remember that covenant. The covenant represents your relationship with God. So as you maintain and go deeper into this relationship, what is the best uh, level that you What is the best uh, state that you can reach is you can go into the secret place with the Lord. You can talk about anything with the Lord. That, you, that God no longer keeps any secrets from you. That is the best relationship that you can have with the Lord. And that, that, that is where He is inviting us and leading us towards. So the most important thing is relationship. So deter yourself from, from words and actions and thoughts that would turn you away from this relationship, especially your words. You need to restrain your words. Do not speak words of despair because God is not pleased with those words. You need to speak words of, of faith, speak words of love, words of power, words of authority. And then you will maintain a good relationship with God. Such sacrifices will be to them like the bread of, like the bread of mourners. So these sacrifices were offered to Asherah. And people who eat that bread that was offered to these idols will be polluted. And even though they're trying to sacrifice to the Lord again, the more they do so, the more unclean they become, the more filthy they become, because they're following the, 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 the rituals of the world. This food will be for themselves. It will not come into the temple of God. God is saying, you eat this. I don't want to receive it because it belongs to the dead. And God cannot touch what is unclean. So he's saying, eat this, by, eat, eat this yourselves. So you can realize from, from this text how angry God is at Israel and how much he's uh, uh, tormented, by, how much he's tormented while, look, while watching his people becoming so polluted and, and corrupted. If you're unable to receive the love of the Lord, God is in more pain than you are. Because God can only give you love. He is the God of love. And God being angry towards Israel is another aspect of His love. 
And what is this called? It's called jealousy. God is jealous because He, he wants them to love Him only. You cannot live while, while loving something else. We have to love God only. Verse 5, what does it say? What will you do on the day of your appointed festivals? Now, uh, this is talking about the day of atonement, the, 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 the feast of the tabernacle. On these festivals, they're supposed to look towards the Lord and enjoy his, uh, their relationship with God. And God has blessed Israel through these festivals. And they have encountered the Lord through these festivals. But all these festivals have become corrupted and their relationship with the Lord is over. So what are they to do on these festivals? They are to be taken into captivity. And what happens after they are taken captive? They have to realize, oh, those were the days where we were able to, good were the days where we were able to uh, enjoy the Lord's presence during these festivals. They have to cry out in agony before the Lord and reminisce about the good times that they have spent with the Lord. That was, that's, that was where their true happiness was. And they have to repent about not keeping their, 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 their holiness and, and, and repent about breaking their covenant with the Lord. Happiness comes from the ability to be able to come to worship, to be able to uh, meet the Lord. But if you, if you lose sight of that, then you will become corrupted. Verse 6, are you following along? <clears throat> and there are many intentions in the will of the Lord through the book of Hosea. But especially, God wants to restore your worship to be holy. There needs to be a restoration of worship. Verse 6, even if they escape their destruction, from destruction, God has decided their destruction and Assyria is going to attack them. And war breaks out, they're going to they're gonna flee to Egypt. But Egypt, but but they will be killed in a place called Mob. Mob. And Nob represents Memphis. It's the Memphis of Israel. And the Israelites will, will be killed there. Memphis is where a lot of the pharaohs are buried. So it means when you return to slavery, you will die as slaves. So even though you flee from, from, from battle, you're going to be taken into captivity anyways. What can you do when you escape the Lord? If you, if you go to the edge of the world, will you be able to go out of the hand of the Lord? If you are mocked by the Lord, then you will not be able to escape Him. In Romans 8, 5, it says that the thoughts of the flesh lead to death. When you become enemies towards the Lord, then you, you have nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. Do you think you'll be comfortable if, if, when you go to hell? 
That's why you have to throw away everything and focus on maintaining a good relationship with God. Only when you do so will you be happy and be able to live. If you, if you mock the Lord, you won't live to see uh, the next day. Their treasures of silver will be taken over by briars and thorns will, will overrun their tents. So what they have will be taken away from them. So even though they want to live with these riches, those riches will become thorns for them. They will all be taken away. Without the Lord, there's, uh, nothing good is going to come to your life. Even though it may seem like it's going well, that's, that's not truly what, uh, what it is. Only the Lord can become a source of life for us. And He's the source of our blessings. Now let's move on to verse 7 to 9. And out of this evil comes another evil. Some people start to ignore the prophecies of Hosea. Let's look at verse 7. The days of punishment are coming. The day of reckoning are at hand. Let Israel know this. So Hosea is proclaiming this judgment upon Israel. And punishment and reckoning are, are, have the same meaning. And so the reason why it is written twice is to emphasize this, this judgment. And reckoning. And when it says it is coming, it means the Lord Himself is coming to Israel to judge them. In Genesis, it said, God. It's written to Joseph that the, that the Lord's coming, uh, that, that, that the Lord is coming towards them to meet them, and so he met them then. But God is coming again to Israel, but this time he's not coming to bless them; rather, he's coming to judge them. So you have to realize the intentions of the Lord and why he's coming. In this new season that is uh, proclaimed to, to Zoe Ministry, you have to look towards the Lord, look towards God who is coming towards you. And these are good visitations of the Lord. It's like, for example, the president of the U.S. came and visited your household. Then your household would become uh, a white, the, the, the White House in your of your country. But if the Lord, if God comes into you, then you become His sanctuary. According to Ephesians, we have been made into the sanctuary of God. We have been made into the temple of God. And so through His visitation, you become the Holy of Holies. You become His temple. And that visitation has already happened. And soon Jesus is going to come again through Parusha. Arusha was a time when the Roman emperor would visit a city and the whole city would, would welcome him with celebration and festivals. Likewise, God is going to come to us and, and give us our rewards and bless us. Conversely, G, uh, God is coming towards Israel to judge them. 
The reason why this is a visitation of judgment is because they have ridiculed the word of the Lord. They say that the prophets were foolish. They called the prophets a fool. And they, uh, the inspired person, a maniac. <clears throat> they start to mock the people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. So they are starting to reject the Lord completely, rejecting the word of the Lord. Because your sins are so many and your hostility is so great. The reason why they called the prophet a fool and this inspired person a maniac is because they are filled with sin. And because of the wounds they have received from the word of the Lord, they have made the Lord his, their enemies. And this is a spiritual order. When you are able to receive the word of the Lord in faith, then that, that word will become a source of life. But when you reject, when you reject that word, or the reason why you reject the word is because of the spiritual hurts within you. And because this word comes to you and you start to touch those wounds, you, don't, you start to reject that message because you don't want to be in pain anymore. And once you start to reject this word, you start to hate the word. And you start to get irritated with the pastor that preaches that word. Why is he always talking about this? Why is he always nagging me? So rather than receiving the word of God through grace, you, they focus more on that word coming in and, 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 and touching their wounds. But you need to allow the word of the Lord to come into you and let it, let it surface the wounds and hurts that you have and let the Lord resolve the issue. But you reject that. And you stop listening to the voice of the Lord, the voice of God. When people sin, they, they, they gain uh, a, a wound from that rejection. When a person receives a wound, that wound is not given to them by some other person. The reason why they receive this wound is because they have a wound, they have a wound of sin within them. For example, let's say I said to her, you have no money. And she, because she has no money, when she hears this, she'll be filled with shame. And not just that, she'll be filled with greed because of her reality of not having money. And she would complain to the Lord, why, why doesn't my God give me money? And she will receive a spiritual wound regarding this. So these hurt, this is how hurts and wounds operate. They work according to this work, uh, uh, mechanism. This is how immorality works and the spirit of the world works. Oh, that's why I say uh, social, social, social networks are so, so dangerous because through these social networks, you, 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 you continue to compare yourselves with each other you know, things like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Do not, do not use these, <laughs> these social networks. <clears throat> do not look at it. You have lived your whole life rejecting the Lord. 
And so you are living a life where you're choosing to receive these hurts and wounds because sin will choose to receive sin. This is a principle. And you, you become a state where you're constantly rejecting the Word of God. And there's no other way. You have to acknowledge that and let it explode within you. Let's say you have an inflammation. No matter how much medicine you put on that inflammation, you won't be able to heal it. You have to, you have to burst that blister. And you need to let that pus flow out in order for it to be healed. Get the root of the pus out. Only then will you be healed of that, of that uh, wound. So when you, when you contain hurts and wounds, that is not a simple matter. That's, that hurt and wound will pull on other sins. And it's going to cause you to, to reject the word of God. And I've talked about spiritual wounds many times before. But because you cannot receive the spotlight of God, you, know, God had, you need to allow God to spotlight those hurts and wounds so that you can groan before the Lord and, and, and have Him come and resolve you of these uh, wounds. But once the Holy Spirit shows you of your wounds, He will let, let it explode and let it release from you. You will cry out before the Lord when it surfaces and as you cry out, this possible will flow out and be released. And the energy that was contained within this wound will, will be released. And at then you will realize the power of the blood of Jesus. And you will sprinkle that blood upon your wound and you will be healed. And then you can receive anointing from God. You will put ointment upon your, 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 your wounds afterwards, right? Likewise, you need to let this anointing of the Lord come in and heal and mend your wound, your wound and blemishes. This is the process in which the Holy Spirit heals us. So you need to, to acknowledge these, these hurts and wounds so that you would, you would be healed. <clears throat> Let's move on. God, I think God is speaking of many important spiritual principles with you guys. And I think it is, it, is, it is necessary for you and that's why God is inspiring me to speak about these things. If you want to learn more about this, then listen to my uh, exposition in Hebrews. Verse 8. Uh, the prop what? The prophet along with my God is, is watchman over Ephraim, yet snares await him all in, on all his paths. So Hosea, because he is the prophet of God, he is the watchman over Israel. And the watchman is always with the Lord. He does not speak for himself, he speaks for God. So it is not important what ministry you engage in. But are you a minister with the Lord? Are you ministering with God? Right now you're listening to this message through me. It's not important what I say by myself. But you have to check to see whether or not I'm speaking the words of God. That is important. Or am I with God or not? Like the prophecy of Malachi, God has entrusted His gospel within my lips. When I open my mouth, the, the mouth of the Lord is opened with me. That is, most, that is very important for you to see. And since Hosea was a prophet of God, he, was represent, he is representing God and he is with God. And yet snares await him on his paths. 
the word of the Lord should become a source of blessing for Israel. It should become their glory. But this message has become a, a, a snare, a trap for them. Because they have, they are, uh, they have become enemies with God. This is not a, a, a normal state, normal relationship. They're rejecting the word of God. And like I said yesterday, when you maintain a good relationship with God, the word of the Lord should become comfortable. Living according to the regulations of the Lord should become a source of joy. But if the, if the Lord's message becomes obstacles for you, if it becomes unbearable, uncomfortable, Then, then that means there's a huge issue with your spirit. The word of the Lord has to become, become comfortable. You need to continue to receive His message. In Psalms, David says often that you need to meditate upon the word of the Lord. Spiritually speaking, what does this mean? It means the word of the Lord is operating within you. And you need to know and acknowledge that the word of the Lord is operating within you. You need to allow the Holy Spirit and the word of the Lord to operate within you freely. Let's say you're met with a situation. The Holy Spirit acts immediately. And at times the word reacts first. If, if concerns come into you, the message will tell you to be, to be happy. It's that means you're being, you're, you're letting the Lord operate within you. And people who live the Lord, people who focus with God, have this spiritual instinct and have these spiritual reflexes. It's not I who live, but God who lives, but, 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 but the Lord who lives through me. God always comes up with a solution for us whenever we are, we are facing something. And He does not want you to be shocked, to receive fear, to get afraid, to receive spiritual hurts and wounds whilst being met with these situations. He protects us. And that's why your spirit can constantly be beautiful and be maintained. God wants us to continue, uh, for us to continue this relationship with Him. He, has, he made us in the beginning in order to, in order to have this relationship of, of love with us. So you have to know that your spiritual state is not decided by you, it is decided by God. That's why we call Him the highest, highest of highest. There's nobody who is better and, and, and more good than God. There's nine. They have sunk deep into corruption. As in the days of Gebel. And Gebel, this is talking about the days of, of the judges. It was, it was a time where the whole Israel, along with the Levites and the priests, were all corrupted. And many, many things happened during that era. The tribe of Benjamin was met with monsters and they were almost destroyed. And also, the rest of the 12 tribes all fought against the tribe of Benjamin because they were, uh, because they were um, uh, jealous of him. 
And what does Judges, the book of Judges say about this era? Is that the people, the, the, peop, the, the Israelites start to live according to what they think is right. And what happens when you start to live by your own thoughts? You lose sight of the Lord's will, His insight, His intentions, His plans for you. It doesn't matter because you start to throw it all away and, and follow after your own thoughts. This is what the judges uh, described Israel to be in that time. So you have to remember, when you live by your own thoughts, you will die. So people who are born into a generation of smartphones and devices, and when I minister spirits, uh, I realize there's a difference between the people who are born before in the era of smartphones, people like me, and people who, 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 have, who were born when, the, when smartphones, when mobile phones were the size of bricks. And then there's, a, there's an era where smartphones became smaller. When you look at their spirits, they're all different. They're very different. People who are living in this generation of smartphones, most of them, or actually all of them, their, their own thoughts are very... Um, they have embodied their own thoughts. So we need, to, we need to curse at those who have created the, these smartphones, people like Steve Jobs. And the important thing is Steve Jobs would not allow his own children to use their devices because he knew this was poisonous and dangerous. He would not allow his own children to use these cell phones. And yet he sold it to millions. And all of you guys have, have their products. And that's why your mind is bound. So it is difficult for those who are living with smartphones to, to maintain a good spirituality because you, you have embodied your own thoughts. You think that you need to agree with God in order for God to be right. You need to be in the right for the Lord to be in the right. The Lord's opinion and the Lord's uh, decisions are not important anymore. Young adults, you have to listen carefully. This is the, 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 the mindset that you have. Of course, it's not your mindset. It's the mindset that was created by the enemy in you. And within your spiritual function, there's a function called noose. And noose is the filter of the spirit. And that, that, that filter, that noose has been corrupted. In Revelations chapter 3, it says there's a generation that will see the birth of the chip, uh, the mark of the beast. And only those who have an uncorrupted news will be able to see that mark coming out. In Revelation 17, it says there is a, a generation that will see who the Antichrist is. And who are they? They are the people that have an uncorrupted news. They are the people that have, that are, that have a clear news that is not corrupted, that is not polluted by their cell phones. You have to realize how dangerous your smartphones are to your spirit. This is also a prophecy of the book of Daniel. What does Daniel say? In the last days, God should raise up those who are brave, strong, and wise. And they will be, they will be teachers of, remnant, of the remnant. People who are wise are those who have not compromised their minds. 
the young adults nowadays, their minds are all corrupted and compromised. This is not a matter of deliverance. You need to receive the strong life from the Lord and be completely turned upside down. And I feel really frustrated because I'm engaging in ministry for the young adults. And I'm frustrated with the young adults because they don't know what it means to live by faith. They don't know what it means to live by the Holy Spirit because their mind has been controlled by the enemy. They have been reprogrammed by the enemy. They have been brainwashed. They think uh, all the data and information that can receive from their smartphones is their own skill. The information itself is not bad. But these inf- this data and information cannot change your life. It's not important how much data and information you have, but rather how you're able to use the use the right information and is and is there good data is there good information in the world no the only good information I can receive is from the truth of God so you have to realize that all the information and data you receive from your smartphones are killing you especially it is killing the, the power of creation that is what AI, what, what AI is doing nowadays. Soon, the Antichrist is going to come up with some sort of uh, creation, and that is a, a computer built on quantum physics. I'm not going to go into detail about what quantum computers can do, and I'm sure there's already prototypes of this. In computer, there are bits. There are not a lot of bits so far. Let's say, for example, uh, for a supercomputer to calculate something, it took him 10,000 years. But this quantum computer can take care of it in, in one second. So this quantum computer is so smart and has so much data, it is able to calculate and even prophesy things that are to happen. And so, the Antichrist is going to use this data to, to predict things in the future and call it prophecy. But that is not a prophecy. The Antichrist is going to use this data to, to, to make up false prophecies to, to confuse the people. But God is going to give His wisdom and His prophecies to His remnant. And we will be able to see what is going on in the world clearly. And even though the world may seem in the control of the enemy, God is still watching over it. He's saying, oh, this is what you're doing. And he's going to let people like me see what is going on. And he's going to tell us what, how to train people, how to prepare your faith. And this is what he's doing amongst his remnant. So the, so the young, young adults that have their mind bound by the enemy, they don't have the strength to fight against the enemy. Only those who are living with the Holy Spirit have the strength and power to fight against uh, the enemy. And because the young adults, have, their minds have been brainwashed, because their news has been polluted, they will be controlled by, by the enemy. 
So young adults, if you do not have control over your, your cell phones, then you have to decide to throw away your cell phones and receive this great light from, from, from the grace of God. And you need to unravel the spiritual bindings that have been set in your mind by the enemy. When you receive this great light from God, it may be done in one second. You will be completely released from, from this binding. And then you will be one second, you will once again be able to receive the anointing of creation. What is this power of creation? It's the, the power of integration. This whole world, starting from theology to, to medicine, it is all divided. These, these, this, these fields of studies are, are divided. And so you will only learn about your field of study. But that's not how God made us. He gave us the ability to be able to integrate all these studies together. Look at Zoe Ministry. We have integrated all 66 books of the Bible. He has, we have integrated all the texts and inscriptions that are written in the first and second century. So do not think lightly of, this, of the truth system in this church, in this ministry. And to confirm that, all the doc, all, some, some, some pastors in our church have, have become doctors. We are not doing this to receive acknowledgement. Rather, we need this authority. We need this position in order to fight against uh, the Greek prostitute in the Vatican. So you need this integration. It's the same for doctors, med medical doctors. You, when, you, when, you, when you are evaluating a patient, you should not just look, look at the liver that is in pain, but be able to see the, how the rest of the organs are working and what is the problem that has caused this person to have pain in the liver. And if this liver is not working properly, it cannot filter the blood well. And so uh, the blood will also be contaminated and, and, and be polluted. And that comes from integration. That comes from the anointing of creation that you receive from God. When you look at the stock market as well, when you look at one stock, you cannot predict what's going to happen to one, that, that one stock. And that's why so many people become broke from, 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 uh, from the stock market. But when you look at the overall picture, you'll be able to see the trends of the world. You'll be able to see what the enemy is doing to the, to the economy around the world. And that's why our businessmen in our church, uh, I tell them what to do. I tell them where to connect, where to, to, to sell their products. This all comes from the, the power of creation. And this it does not only belong to me, but it has been given to all of, uh, all of you guys, all, to, upon all the children of God. So stop looking at only one. Stop looking, looking at only one thing. And it is not an exaggeration to say that the information in the world are all false. Because the world says that the universe was created first and then the earth was created. No, we know that God created the earth first and then He created the universe around it. So since they have their, be their beginning is wrong, all the information that is built upon that beginning is wrong. There are a lot of scientists in our church. When I talk about this, at first they did not agree, but now they all agree. Because all the data and information of the world, they, there's a, there's a, there's, 
there's something wrong about it. Because their beginning is wrong. God created the earth first. Why did He do that? Because God created humans to be to walk on earth, and He and and He needs to create a, a an environment for the for His subjects to enjoy, and that's why the earth was created first, before the universe. This is how great God has uh, has designed us. But the this this evil uh, demons have come to 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 take away our our functions and our power. So that's why we need to live by the Holy Spirit. Especially, this wisdom shall come upon the young adults. We need to go into the light of God and be released from the mind, from the bindings of the mind. Let's move on. Did we finish verse nine? So they were sinking to deep corruption. God will remember their wickedness and punish them for their sins. Without the blood of Jesus, God will remember your sins forever. And He will pour His punishment upon you when that sin is stacked. So do not live according to what you think is right. Do not live by your own thoughts, but live by the thoughts of God. Live according to the will of the Lord. Live according to His intentions. That is what we have to hold on to. Let's look at verse 10 to 17. Now the Lord's punishment is going to be poured out. Verse 10 to 14 then. The Lord's judgment. Verse 10 to 13 is a quote from God. And then the rest is is Hosea's agreement with God. In Amos 3.7 it says, God does not work before He, he, he speaks of His work, uh, of His plan to His prophets beforehand. So, verse 10 to 13 is God's, God speaking. When I found Israel, it was like finding grapes in the desert. Can you find grapes in the desert? No. That's how precious God regarded Israel. It's like finding grapes, finding fruit in the desert. Uh, the wilderness, the desert is where, where life, cannot li- life cannot endure. In Amos 9 verse 10, it calls this the, the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle is the, is the appearance of Israel in the in the wilderness. So God is saying, when they were in the wilderness, that's when the perfect reign of the Lord was implemented into Israel. They did not work, but for forty days they were able to eat and drink and live well off, because God Himself uh, uh, provided for them. He reigned over them directly. That's why for 40 years, this is the spiritual model in which God has led Israel. But as they, but through they, and now they, through David, he's going to once again pour his perfect reign upon Israel. And this is referring to the millennial kingdom. This is the prophecy of Amos, 
Amos chapter 9. So uh, it, God wants to make Israel the, uh, this, this grape tree in the, in the wilderness. And like I said before, even though Israel only has sticks and stones, they were able to overwhelm the, the, the armies of Canaan, of Canaan, which had metal weapons already. But, but even though they have seen this great glory, they still easily uh, uh, dismiss the Lord. When I saw your ancestors, it was like seeing the early fruit, early fruit on the fig tree. The early fruit on the fig tree is very, very sweet. That's how sweetly is, uh, God was re- uh, looking at Israel. He loved him sweetly. But now they are corrupted. They became as vile as the thing they loved. And they consecrated themselves, uh, but they came to Baal Per and consecrated themselves to that shameful idol. Their fertility has become polluted because they have started to serve the Lord as if they serve uh, these, these idols. So they have become as shameful as uh, these idol worshippers and they have become vile in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 11, Ephraim's glory will fly away like a bird. The reason why Israel is, is noble it's because God has given His name and His own nobility upon Israel. Isaiah, book of the, the book of Isaiah says, I have not given my glory to others. Only upon Israel did God pour His glorious name because he, they, they are His glory, a praise of glory. And that's why we are also uh, His uh, praise of glory. And that's why even, even, if, even if we meditate upon His work and His love for eternity, we won't be able to fully understand Him because He is the God of love. And all that He does, He does out of His love. So uh, the, 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 the corrupted human, so corrupted man cannot understand that pure love and innocent love. And the person that was able to receive the most amount of love from the Lord is Apostle John. That's why even though he was being cooked in a pot of oil, he did not hate those who were, who, were, who were doing this to him. Because he has received this great revelation from God through this love. And that's why we need to be able to confess that God is love. We need to be able to live like Apostle John. And God has given this uh, tremendous nobility to Israel, but they have thrown it away. It is removed from Israel. So in the New Testament, the most fearful thing is for the lampstand to be taken away from us. Then that means your glory has been taken away. And the most important reason for the existence of, of a church is according to Malachi, in, 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 according to Malachi, 
It is because God comes in His glory to the church. And according to Hebrews, the, the church is a part of the heavenly assembly. And so the heavenly assembly comes upon the church during worship. And God Himself comes in and, and reigns over the church. And we call that we call that the glory of the Lord coming. And with that glory comes freedom. And the taste of the glory is, is abundance. And the taste of the glory is 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 holiness. And that's why we are called his praise of glory. But if you lose sight of that, you lose all this along with it. Israelites, no matter where they are in the world, if by faith they, they hold on to their identity, then God will rule over them as His people. It's, it's the same for us, whether you are in your workplaces, no matter where you are. If you believe that you are His noble being, then He will reign, rule over you as a noble being. What does this mean? We, we, we will live as long as we hold on to this identity. But if that glory uh, is, is thrown away, then you, we will not be able to survive. So you have to pray that the lampstand given to your church will not be taken away by God. Continue to receive this glory. It's because your glory has, has diminished that you become poor, that you become bound and you also become powerless <clears throat> and you lose your dignity and nobility so this is the importance of noble, uh, the importance of his glory no birth no pregnancy no conception so Israel's next generation is, is perishing Hosea 4 verse 9 4 verse 1 verse 6 my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge I also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of your God I will ignore your children as the church maintains this deep relationship with the Lord they will get to understand the Lord more and the more you do that, more priests are going to be raised in the church. And more children are going to inherit that glory and continue on that, that lineage. But, but when, you, when you stop the glory in your, in your generation, it's, going not, it's not going to be passed on to the next generation. And so the next generation is going to be obliter obliterated. So I've spoken about this during the Latin America conference. I am a servant of God that has nothing. I'm saying this out of humility, of course. But there's one thing that I did well. And that is I have given you a flag to wave. During the time of, of your youth, you need to be passionate for the Lord and you need to become a, a great leader. What does it mean to be a great leader? It means you're able to wave the flag of victory in this generation. I have given all the young adults of Zoe Ministry this flag of victory. In that sense, I can be considered a good leader. Now is the day for us to wave that flag. We need to wave this flag. 
Let us move on. We need to finish quickly. Verse 12. Even if I, if even if they rear children. I will bereave them of everyone. Woe to them when I turn, when I turn away from them. So even if they bear children, they will be killed. This is the wrath of God. And he is a fearful God. Verse 13. I have seen Ephraim like Tyre planted in a pleasant place. It's, it's not the case right now, but Tyre used to be a very pleasant and abundant place. So Israel was like that before. They were pleasant in the eyes of God. But Ephraim will bring out their children to the slater. They have lost their beauty, and so they're going to bring their children to death as well. Verse 14, give them, Lord, what will you give them? Hosea, after listening to the voice of the Lord, he is saying, Lord, would you pour this judgment upon Israel? He's saying, give them this judgment. Give them wombs that miscarry and breasts that are dry. God is going to obliterate the next generation. This is how angry God was. And this is not a, 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 a rash decision that he made. He has been pouring his, his tremendous love upon Israel for time and time and time and over again. Let's think about the relationship between the mother and the child. For 10 months, the mother would carry the child in her womb. And she would birth it into the world. And imagine the love that she has for that child. And the child will be nurtured and be fed by the mother. The amount of blood that is required to, to, to carry a child for, for 10 months is around 2 gallons. And afterwards, you have to feed the child blood. And that blood also comes from your blood. So um, the love that a mother has for a child is, 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 is priceless. Let's say, imagine, after 10 months of carrying your child, you, you hold this child, and then out of the child's head, start, you start to see a snake, a serpent coming out. Imagine how shocked that mother would be. Even though you gave your life to, to nurture for this child, but you see a snake coming out of the head. Uh, snake coming out of the head of, uh, of the child. This is the heart of the Father. This is the heart of the Lord right now. Even though He has cared and loved His people, they have become like, like serpents. Because the child has received the love of the mother, uh, because the mother has loved the child, she knows how much she loves the child, but the, the child will never know how much the mother loves them. So, but, and, but, but we must not lose sight of the love of the Lord. Now lastly, let's look at the judgment of leaders. Let's finish quickly. Because of, uh, because of all their wickedness in Gilgal, Gilgal was a very important religious city in Israel. 
but because they're wicked in there, I hated them there. Because of their sinful deeds, I would drive them out of my house. Nothing will be left. God is going to... Uh, it is over for them with God. God is not... Uh, I will no longer love them. All their leaders are rebellious. So imagine how heartbroken God was to, to take away His love for Israel. Let's say I have a lot of money. Let's imagine uh, if my child was to live if I poured uh, $1,000 for a surgery. But imagine my son died because I couldn't offer a thousand monies, a thousand dollars. It wasn't because I didn't have money for that surgery. This is the heart of the father. God has the love, has the capacity to love that child. But the child wasn't willing to receive that love, and so they are. They, so and so they died. And to and to Micah, God said, like ostrich. Like the wild jackals, would you listen to how broken my heart is? Because ostriches and wild jackals cry the most, um, with the most uh, heartachingly. They they cry most the most heartachingly out of the animals, and that's why they howl all night long. They're they're representing the pain of the, of of God. This is God crying. And to Isaiah, he says, I'm so embarrassed. Won't you, uh, won't you express my, sh- my embarrassment? And told him to, to minister three years naked. And that's why Isaiah had to minister for three years being completely naked. Because God wanted to show Israel his nakedness, his shame. It would have been better if he was, he was, you know, in shape. But Isaiah was probably a little out of shape. A lot of people, a lot of people say it's insane to become a pastor. Imagine if I ministered for three years naked. All of my church members will leave in a week and say that person is, that pastor is insane. So when I talk about the Lord's love, it is not a simple matter. Can you sense His pain? Since you're smiling, I guess you can't. Shall I undress myself? I'm pretty in shape, so it's, it's a little better than Isaiah. This is something we need to uh, cry about. God is the God of love. But for that God to stop His love, then that is very tormenting for Him and for us. And in order to take upon that pain and that that suffering for Himself, that's why He came upon this earth to bear the cross. That's how much He loved us. If I was God, then I would have not, never created humans. I would have just enjoyed myself, with, enjoyed time spending with, uh, and just made angels and, and enjoyed their company. But because He loves us, that's why He made us and designed us. And He took upon the cross out of this love.
And that's why he howls like a jackal every day. That is, that is howling like a wolf, not a jackal. And every time you pray, you're going to think of this. You're going to be reminded of me howling. This is the curse that I have. I am pouring upon you right now. But it is the, it is the cry of the Lord. Verse 16, Ephraim is blighted, their root is withered. They yield no fruit. They have been trampled by other powerful countries. And that's why they cannot bear any fruit. Even if they bear children, I will slay their cherished offspring. And truly, for 3,000 years, God has judged Israel, but He has not stopped loving them. Even in the midst where 6 million Jews were being slaughtered, He still reformed Israel. So in the end, love is victorious in the Lord. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. In the debate between love and righteousness, He killed His own Son so that love can be victorious. And with that victorious love, He comes to us. And because of that love, Israel was restored. Lastly, verse 17. My God will reject them because they have not obeyed Him. Israel's identity is Shema Israel. It's to hear the listen, to hear the word of the Lord. They do not. They are not Israel because they hear, but they are hearing because they are Israel. If you are unable to eat the word of the Lord, then you are not the child of God. The child of God must be able to eat the word of the Lord and be able to receive it. That is why Israel is called Shema Israel. Israel needs to listen to the voice of the Lord. That's the way they can live. If they have the word of the Lord, they will live. That's why no matter where the Jews are scattered, what is the, the, the song that they sing all together? Shema Israel. When they sing this song, and if the other person sings along with them, they can confirm each other's identity as a Jew, as an Israelite. This is a clear evidence of being a child of God. And that is that you're able to listen to the voice of God. You can hear the voice of love. You can see the, the that you can hear that, that 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 message of glory. Let's say, I, and even when the child is in the womb, it learns to listen to the voice of the parent. So as soon as it is birthed into the world, and I call upon it, it the son will respond to me, to respond to my voice. If you are a child of God, then you will be able to listen to the voice of God. No matter where you go in the world, if you listen to, to the sermons, you need to check to, whether, to see whether or not if that sermon is, is spoken by the Lord. If that message is being mixed, if it is mixed with something else, then you have to reject that message. So right now you have to check whether or not I'm speaking the words of God. A child of God will be able to tell the difference. People who live by the Spirit will, know, will be able to tell the, tell the difference. Amen? 
Israel is dying because they cannot listen to the voice of the Lord anymore. They will be wandering among the nations. The same curse that has been given to Cain will be given is is being given to Israel to wander around. What does it mean to wander? It means to run in a hamster wheel. You're cursed to live in this physical time. But that's not the case for us. We need to run towards the target. We need to run towards the Lord. We need to be renewed. Amen? Let's pray. This afternoon, rest up well and prepare this great celebration tonight. Amen? Lord, how can we dare to turn away from this great grace? When we pollute, pollute your, your name, when we reject your love, let us know that you're groaning out in pain. Like how you have cried like a, like a jackal for, for the Jews. We know that you're crying out for us when we become mixed, when we are polluted. Lord, would you heal us and restore us so that you will no longer be displeased and be in pain because of us. Fill us up with your glory. Fill us with your anointing. Would you come and be inspired by us? We know that this cannot be done by us. Lord, would you pour your, the Father's love upon us in this morning? Pour your love upon us, this unfathomable, unfathomable love. And let us know of your will. Let us be able to hear your voice. Let us be able to hear your message. Shema, Shema. Listen, listen, Israel. Help us to listen to your voice. Let us help us not to live by our own thoughts. Lord, release the bindings of the mind that are coming to us. Let this integration uh, be revived. Let the anointing of creation be revived within us. Restore us. Let the glory explode in this place. Let's pray all together.